Welcome to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. We will be offering a craveable menu of headlines, food for thought, and much, much more. These are the bite-sized news stories you need to know, and they'll drop every morning, Monday through Friday. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Happy Mouth Podcast, your delicious daily news fix for the hospitality community. Today is Wednesday, May the 12th. It's a glorious day here in Los Angeles, California. And once again, I'm here with my partner in crime, all-around awesome person, and uh, just friend in general, Naisha Arrington. How are you? I'm excellent on this beautiful Wednesday. And today, we have some delicious, craveable menu for you to digest. Today, we're going to go over... Well, there was some earnings reports, and there was also a little bit of some dialogue around the restaurant recovery coming from the distributor's standpoint. So one of the big national broadliners, Cisco, came out and said this week that there are some really good signs of restaurant recovery. And they would know because they sell to restaurants, both chains and independents. They are a vital part of the entire restaurant ecosystem in this country. These big broadliners service quite literally every restaurant to some degree in the country, whether you buy paper goods or whether you buy your produce or something in between. They service many, many, many restaurants. 100%. And they're important. So you have to, you know, you have to pay attention to what they're saying because they certainly would understand the trends almost as much as anyone else would. Yeah, they definitely have all of the buying power. I mean, these guys did about $2 billion in Q1 alone. They've seen a recent uptick in sales, and not only for chains, but for independence. And what many people don't know about the broadliners, whether it's US Foods or Cisco, is that the most profitable part of their business is not selling two chains, although from a revenue perspective, it likely is. They're going to sell a lot more to call it a you know, national QSR like a Denny's or Chipotle. But an independent restaurant, because of many factors, is actually the most profitable part of their business. So they talk to independent restaurants a lot, and they have a really nice insight into how independent restaurants are doing and what the buying economies are out there for independent restaurants. And their report is pretty interesting, what they've talked about. Very interesting. Over the pandemic, 17% of restaurants were reported closed. Yeah, and many of those places were fixtures in their communities. Establishments that have been there for decades, even that made it through the crash of 08 and were still there going into COVID. You know, with the financial burdens that came with locking down and COVID restrictions, chains were more likely to survive than independents were for a lot of reasons. It doesn't really take a lot to understand why that might be the case. But, you know, many chains are better capitalized and they have more resources and they have more access to capital from banks and larger lenders and institutional um, capital. So they're certainly able to weather the storm of a COVID, say, more so than your mom and pop or small independent restaurant. You know, in this recovery, we've seen the chains really bounce back very quickly. It's taken a little bit longer for the independents to come back, but we're starting to see that happen. And I think what Cisco, you know, has been talking about um, in this report is that 
you know, there's going to be a strong rebound. I think one of the things that was interesting to read about as I dug into this story a little bit more was just the overall respect that U.S. Foods and Cisco and the large broadliners actually have for independent restaurants. They're talking about things like resiliency and talking about how uh, much of a survival mentality um, independent restaurateurs have. And I, I happen to agree with that. I think that if there was an industry to be, quote unquote, ravaged by a pandemic, it couldn't have happened to a better industry in terms of the people who are at the helm of restaurants and who really you know, are the backbone of the business. Those people are resilient folks. Right. It's not an easy business So to get to the point where you own restaurants or a couple of them, wherever you happen to be in this in this journey we call hospitality. You're a survivor. You fought. You've put your life's, you know, hard work and sweat and tears and blood uh, into these places and you've you've made it. And I think they're, they're, that was really nice for me to hear that, you know, Cisco and these larger companies, which sometimes can be, you know, faceless and maybe not. The, the most personable uh, brands or corporations in the world, kind of recognizing that, that the most profitable part of their business is resilient and, you know, paying a little bit of respect to the people that buy from them every day. Similar to your experience with doing some more research on Cisco, because, you know, as a chef, whenever I hear that name, I, I don't always think about, you know, in my mind, I think paper goods, I think foil, I think to-go containers, sure. I'm thinking just, you know, my basic commodities, you know, and some people you know, larger corporations definitely, you know, purchase produce from them as well. The wonderful thing I saw that Cisco did is they were some of the first to actually help with webinars for people to fill out their applications for PPP. So that was really beautiful to see. Very helpful. Super helpful. Uh, actually, since January, um, some of the independents have seen this uptick in food sales, which causes, we've talked about this many times, an increased demand for staffing. And if you'd actually like to hear more about that topic, of the restaurant worker shortage. Go back and listen to our very first episode on it, which was only three weeks ago. According to the National Restaurant Association, restaurant sales are predicted to raise over 10% in 2021 compared to last year. Opening more restaurants and establishments this year actually have use of these parking lots and sidewalks and patios. So I think sort of heading into summer, those places are going to be seeing a lot of business. hundred percent. I mean, you've got restaurants who pre-pandemic didn't have outdoor dining. A lot, many restaurants, particularly, and I always am shocked by this, but Los Angeles is one of the markets in America that never really focused on, as a city, never focused on outdoor dining. And we've got the weather for it. There's plenty of sidewalk space. And it was just very difficult to permit anything outdoors until COVID. And these COVID, uh, LA put this program in called Alfresco, um, which was one of the, I think, one of the best things that came out of COVID. And it basically allowed restaurants to apply over the counter for permits for outdoor dining. And as of now, they've extended them indefinitely. You're going to see a lot more outdoor dining across all of LA. And I think that's a really good thing for, for the restaurant business for two reasons. Number one, it's a better experience. If it's 90 degrees out in July, do you really want to be inside? Thousand percent yeah, not. No, you want to sit outside, and it's nice. You're under the stars. There's a breeze. You can just be in nature. It's nice. And secondarily, like I did the numbers on uh, one of our restaurants. I got outdoor dining the other day, and there's close to a seven figure revenue impact on just one patio. Wow. If you think about it, fifteen tables out there over the course of a year, especially if you can heat them, if you can use them year round, which in LA you should be able to. 
it's considerable. So thank you, LA, for green lighting all this outdoor dining. It's going to be very helpful. And I think it's going to accelerate. You just made the point about revenues raising quarter over quarter, 2021 versus 2020. And that's going to be one of the accelerants is you're going to see restaurants, especially the indies, come back aggressively because they have just more revenue bases now. There's obviously a bit of a restriction on indoor dining capacities, but on June 15th in California, those all go away. So you combine that with the fact that everyone's got 15, 20 more seats outside. It's going to be good times ahead. Let's just hang on. Let's just get there. About another month and then the restrictions come up. Let's go. Let's go. Total industry sales have almost nearly recovered in March. They were down less than 6% from 2019 levels. And that's still with limited indoor dining restrictions, as I said. In the first quarter of 2021, we've seen the growth mainly in chain restaurants. Right. Uh, Makes sense. drive throughs quick service. Yes. 100%. Value for the amount of food you're getting. Yeah, that the old, the old dollar menu. You got $5. You're trying to get five things, right? <laughs> you're not going to the farmer's market to buy like a half a pound of grapes. No, no. You're hitting Mickey D's. You're getting in there. The chains are recovered. Again, the issue just holistically in the whole business right now is just staffing. I mean, you're seeing what what's going to impact the chains in a bigger way is their hours of operation in general are much wider. So you look at something like even a 7-Eleven or a 24-hour McDonald's or a 24-hour Denny's, finding people to work from midnight to 8 a.m., very difficult right now. Denny's just put out an entire article around not being able to find employees from that shift. Which is everything we're talking about. Robot mechanic, robot servers, people calling in to run and drive through from their laptop at home. Yeah. Denny's actually stopped forcing uh, franchisors or franchisees, I should say, they are the franchisor, uh, to run the overnight shift. Something like one third to one half are not running the overnight shift anymore. I want to say one third of 7-Elevens are doing it. So the 7-Elevens, all the franchisees just came forward and said, we can't operate 24 hours anymore. Uh, We don't have the employees. Denny's said that they needed 20,000 people to get back to normal operating levels. That's insane. Yeah. So there's just a run on people right now. And there's just not as many people out there that want to, you know, want those jobs. So you got to keep an eye on that. There was an estimate of 80,000 restaurant workers who lost their jobs in 2020. Well, if any of those people want a job now, that's what they, I'm saying. They are, there are certainly jobs available in every single position. Right? The job report that came out last week didn't blow the socks off anyone or blow anyone's hair back, whatever terminology you want to use. They were anticipating close to a million dollars of net new jobs, and it was something like 260,000 were added only Interesting. Uh, in the previous quarter. So it wasn't as gangbusters as everyone thinks, but let's see before we start you know, pulling the fire alarm, let's wait until the end of this quarter and see what the jobs report looks like. But the recovery is going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's happening. I 100%. mean, we're still in this little weird gray delta where restaurants aren't fully open. People are still trepidatious. Not everyone's vaccinated. All these factors that are kind of, you know, keeping the reins back on restaurants fully being there. Like I said before, I think in 60 days, we are just rolling, especially when the sun comes out. The weather, out, outdoor seating, new menus, people, chefs changing locations, announcements. Like, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great summer. So let's just get there. 
And that's it for today's Bite Size News. You can find us at happymouthpodcast.com, restaurants.yelp.com slash happymouth, or on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for dining with us, and we hope to see you next time. Have a nice day. Bye. Um, <laughs> should we pay some bills here? Yeah, let's do it. Having trouble staffing up? You're not alone. Our industry is facing an unprecedented labor shortage, and tech will play a central role in solving this problem. Yelp Kiosk was built in 2018 for restaurants who couldn't afford to pay a dedicated host. In 2021, Yelp Kiosk is supporting restaurants that want to do more with less. By adding Kiosk, your host is no longer trapped behind the host stand, enabling them to assist in all front of house operations. Learn about how Kiosk can help your restaurant at restaurants.yelp.com slash kiosk.